When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you've been a long-term listener, then you know that I attended a very small college in the heart of Appalachia in a very small town where everyone knows everyone, or at least someone in their family. If you belong to our Patreon, then you know that my college experience wasn't crazy, but I did some things looking back on that probably weren't the safest, like dressing in all black to take a medical dummy out of a dumpster, or walking across campus after movie night in my friend's dorm, or walking to Huddle House with my friends for a 2 a.m. snack, or taking a ride from a stranger when my friends and I were walking in the pouring rain. At the time, I really didn't worry about my safety, because what could happen in a town where everyone knows me, or my dad, or my mom? I felt safe on the streets of Pikeville because nothing could ever happen in a town where everyone felt like family, and I felt so safe. In today's case, the town of Bloomington, Indiana, felt like a safe town for a group of close college friends. In fact, it was described as a place where everyone felt at home. And if you're at home, what is there to worry about? But something dangerous was lurking within the safety of Bloomington, Indiana. What could have happened in this town that caused one girl who had the world at her fingertips to go missing without a trace? Security footage caught much of her night, but in between the footage we see of her, something happened, and years later, her family is still looking for her. This is the case of Lauren Spear. Welcome to Coffee and Cases, where we like our coffee hot and our cases cold. My name is Allison Williams. And my name is Maggie Dameron. We will be telling stories each week in the hopes that someone out there with any information concerning the case will take those tips to law enforcement so justice and closure can be brought to these families. With each case, we encourage you to continue in the conversation on our Facebook page, Coffee and Cases Podcast. And to follow us on Instagram at Coffee Cases Podcast and on TikTok at Coffee and Cases Podcast. Because as these families know, conversation helps to keep their missing family member in the public consciousness, helping to keep their memories alive. So sit back, sip your coffee, and listen to what's brewing this week. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So should we start the show with our shout outs. Yeah, that's my favorite part. I do. I'm so glad we started this Patreon. <laughs> Me too. I like feeling the love every yeah. day. It's yeah. like that validation that you need. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay, so our first shout out this week is from Savannah. Savannah said, I've been listening from the beginning. You ladies are one of my favorites to listen Aww, to. Oh, Savannah. Not only are we in her top, we're one, one of, of the favorites. favorites. So, even better. We're special. Thank you, Savannah. Okay, the next one comes from Dawn McMillan. And Dawn says, keep up the good work. Well, oh. we're trying. It's <laughs> a lot of work. Yeah, we're trying. We're trying. And our final shout out of this week goes out to Gail B. You know, Gail is my mom's middle name. I love that name. I see. Okay, this is really weird. But um, so like every firstborn in my family is named after like the grandpa. Uh-huh. So like my dad's named after his grandpa. My brother was named after, you know. So I always tell Anthony, if we had a girl, we should make her middle name Dale. Cause that's my dad's middle name, oh, but yeah. spell it like Gail. <gasps> that's cute. I like He's it. He's not a fan. Oh, well, Gail, we love your Yeah, name. we love it. <laughs> Anthony doesn't like Dale, but whatever. We, Gail is beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) And if you want to hear your name shouted out on a future podcast episode, number one, make sure you sign up for Patreon. There are still some spots left if you want to get in on the action and get the $8 level for only $5 a month. $5. You'll get a shout out on the show. You will get instant access to many episodes. Remember, we did announce, well, I guess they wouldn't know. I don't think we announced it on an episode. We, we might didn't. have. I don't think. But starting January, we are going to do our first full length episode of a solved case. So that's coming at you. Now is the time to join. And if you are already a member, but you have not filled out the shout out form, which is several of you, please do that because we want to show you love. Yeah, because you've shown us love that's and right. we want to give you love. That's right. We want to give it right back. Okay, Allison, are you ready for today? Yes. I'm like concentrating. Okay. I'm in the zone. Okay. We're ready. Um, so today's case focuses on Lauren, and she was born January 17th, 1991, to Charlene and Robert. Um, and like you'll I think come to see, and I'll talk about it a little bit, that like all the 90s babies listening right now mm-hmm. will see themselves in her. Okay. Because she's like a Typical. 90s baby. Okay. Yeah. Um, and she actually would disappear from her college town after a night out with friends. Um, her dad was an accountant. Her family was very happy. She grew up in like... um kind of like a more well-to-do mm-hmm. neighborhood mm-hmm. Um, in New York. Um, she graduated from high school in 2009, just like me. And after graduation, she went to Indiana University uh-huh. to study like textile because she wanted to be in the fashion industry. Okay. And she's like super cute, like a little blonde girl. I feel like, like she has a good like fashion name. Yeah, too. I do too. Like, yeah. I could see her name on mm-hmm. a fashion label. I could, too. And she just seemed like a really great overall person. I felt like I was reading about 
like my friend when I was reading about her. Mm -hmm. Like she just feels like somebody that like drew people in. And that's Mm -hmm. what everybody said about her. It was like you would talk to her and then like you fell in love with her Mm -hmm. her because just her personality was so great. Mm -hmm. Um, I read she was really active in the Jewish community at her college. Um, One spring break, she actually went to Israel to plant trees through like a missionary. I know. That's one place I really want to go. Um, Lauren met her boyfriend, Jesse, and her friend. So there's so many. Y'all know. Names. You all know. I can't do names. And there are so many names in this <laughs> Maggie, you just point. And then if you hear my <laughs> voice come in, it's because I'm saying a name. So Lauren met her boyfriend, Jesse Wolf, and her friend, Jay Rosenbaum. Rosenbaum. Mm -hmm. Um, years earlier at a summer camp and then they would go on like to be friends in college and then she met other various friends at Indiana University Uh which I feel like I personally obviously I'm still friends with people I went to high school with but it's really college yeah where I feel like long-lasting friendships usually Yeah. And like, I was because you're so stressed together. I think so. And I think you're like actually like starting to become adults. Right. Like I went, I was lucky enough, like Lauren, I had several friends that went to the same college as me. So like Courtney and Taylor, like we grew even closer. Mm -hmm. We were already close before, but then like, um, friends like Ashley, you know, like I didn't know her coming in, but now we're still friends like mm-hmm. all these years later. Mm-hmm. And Anthony's like th- two of his best friends. He didn't know till college. And right. they're like, yeah. they text more than I text Anthony yeah. like every day. <laughs> that's, t- that's so stereotypical. People who think that girls text each other all the time. Cause it's totally the guys. Yeah. It's totally, it's the, totally guys. the men. Lauren disappeared from Bloomington, Indiana on June the 3rd, 2011. And unlike many of our cases, Allison, where like technology was like Mm -hmm. not there or spotty, that is not the case with Lauren. It's 2011. Yeah. So security cameras. 10 years ago. Yeah. So security cameras are a thing, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. There are um, cell cell phones, GPS. Yeah. So we actually have a very concrete idea of where she was and when she was there and even who she was with. But what is like baffling to me is that in dis- like despite all of this, we still have no clue where Lauren is. So we mm-hmm. have like a very detailed timeline mm-hmm. and then it's just like, boom, she's gone. Which is yeah. scary. That's yeah. freaky. Yeah. Hmm. So we're going to start at the beginning of Lauren's night and move through the events in chronological order. Okay. So that you kind of know how the night transpired. Okay. And then um, we'll go into, like, you're going to meet some people along the way. But, like, I'm not really going to go into her relationship with certain people okay. until we talk about... Who has been looked at by investigators. Mm, so when we get into the theories. Yeah, into okay. the theories. So these timestamps come from both surveillance videos and eyewitness testimonies. Which we know eyewitness testimony could be off. It could a be iffy, bit. yes. Um, but from the most part, because I watched a 2020 documentary 
Um, I read a lot, obviously, and then mm-hmm. listened to some podcasts that cover her. Um, most give the Pretty same standard. timeline. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There wasn't like huge discrepancies. Yeah. And that's what we always look for is like, yeah. can we find this evidence corroborated? Right. And that's yeah. when we'll tell you, like, I found this in one source, right. but here it is. Right. We know that Lauren had been out with her friends the night she went missing. The bar, which is called Kilroy's, which kind of... Sounds Irish. Yeah. Yeah. It does. I had thought of that. Yeah. Um, was like a happening place. So Lauren and her friends went like to this bar regularly. It was like where all of the college people went in this still, little town. I wonder if it's still like super um, popular. I'm sure it probably is. Yeah. I didn't look it up, but I'm sure it probably yeah. is. Um, I did read the night that Lauren went missing, Kilroy's was packed. Mm-hmm. It's a college bar. Right. If it's it's going to be. Campus, it's yeah. going to be packed. Yeah. In an interview, one of her friends stated that everyone felt safe in this small town. Mm-hmm. So no one really expected anything bad to happen. They would even go so far to say that Bloomington felt like home. Even her parents said when they toured the college that mm-hmm. it was just like, this is what college was supposed to be. Like, that's how they felt when they wow. were there. Like, yeah. it was just the true mm-hmm. college experience or whatever. And I feel like as a parent, that's something that you look for when you go with your kids for like a college yeah. visit. You're like... Will I feel safe? Leaving you here. Right. And so, I mean, I think that says something that her parents felt that way. But I do feel like college kids, like the stuff you mentioned at the beginning, we have a little bit of an inflated sense of mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm fine. I can take care yeah, of myself. Yeah, I'm a grown up. Like, I'm not in trouble. Yeah. You know, and then we do stupid stuff. And we don't tell our parents all of the no. stupid things that we right. did. Because... Why would you tell them? Yeah, like, we want to be judged. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But shortly after leaving Kilroy's is when then 20-year-old Lauren would go missing. So she did leave the bar. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Like, you'll see when we get going, like, her night starts, like, I mean, obviously it's not early for, like, old people like us, but it's <laughs> early for a college kid. Yeah. And then ends several hours oh, after okay. it begins. Okay. Yeah, because I'm in bed now by, like, 930. Yeah, so. same. Our story really begins at 12.30 a.m. approximately when witnesses report that Lauren left her apartment. So we know for sure that she left her apartment with a friend named David. David is not like a big part. Yeah, part of this whole So this is just like a common friend of probably their group of friends. Yes. Okay. The pair went to the apartment of Jay. So he was mentioned in the beginning. The one that she was friends with. From before. From before, Uh yes. And that is where Lauren met up with her new friend, Corey Rossman. And Corey and Lauren are the focus of this night. Okay. So, the guy who we mentioned before, the um, Jesse Wolf. Oh, Jesse. That is still her boyfriend? That is still her boyfriend. Okay, I have a feeling, does my gut tell me something's going to go on? What's going to go on with this Corey Rossman? Yeah, so she meets up with Corey, and she's only known Corey for a very short time. I mean, they have not been, like, long-term friends. Like, maybe weeks we've known this Corey. So we don't know him very long. And we know, according to 2020, that he would say the two had, like, a wild night. In that documentary, it mentions that 
despite having like this perfect like college experience, like exterior Mm -hmm. that IU or Indiana University Uh actually had a very secretive drug scene. Oh. And I think it's because one, they're college students and Mm -hmm. a lot of college students experiment with different things. Two, a lot of the kids that went there came from pretty wealthy families. So they had the money to spend on ecstasy or whatever. Mm, Okay. And like three, I just feel like that's just called like, I feel like every college, if you wanted to do, yeah, if you wanted to do that, has that scene. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You could find someone. So Lauren and her new friend, Corey, were no strangers to that side of college life. Um, One man that was interviewed on 2020 by the name of Seth Parker said that he was also part of that drug using crowd. Mm -hmm. And Corey told him that he and Lauren pre-gamed before heading Mm -hmm. to Kilroy's. So in my mind, they're like drinking or whatever. Right. Before going out to the bar. Okay. My perspective so far. Okay. I think by saying pre-gamed, that is totally a terminology that college yeah, kids would use, yeah. which makes me at least believe that part. Mm-hmm. The wild night together, or they had a wild night or whatever it was that he told 2020. I know you're going to tell me more about the well, relationship. Well, he didn't tell 2020. Oh. His, he told his friend and the friend told 2020. We'll get to that too. But I, again... I say this a lot, you know, last week I was like, I'm not a bank robber, (laughs) you know, or I'll be like, I'm not, I'm not a murderer, but (laughs) so here's my, this week, I'm not a guy, but I do wonder what percentage of guys, if they're hanging around a cute girl would lie and brag that they had been intimate or were close Mm -hmm. when, if they hadn't, like, I'm wondering if it's a high percentage. I'm just wondering if he would have like made something like that up. And I don't know if he meant wild as in like, Oh, intimately they were wild or just, they got wild. Like they were drunk. Okay. Drugs and and alcohol. Yeah. There was like crazy things that happened. Yeah. I think that's more what he was talking about. Oh, okay. I took it. Like you took it the wrong way. That's why I asked if she had a boyfriend. <laughs> the two arrive at Kilroy's around 146, 145 in the morning. And we know that Lauren and Corey were only at the bar for around 30 minutes, which in my mind, why even go? But yeah. again, I'm not like a young college kid. So yeah, that, like that doesn't really, I guess, apply to me. All, and again, I'm not a drinker. We've established this. We couldn't even remember Captain Morgan in the episode. But, like, I do know, because I'm not dumb, that buying alcohol and drinking it in your apartment would be way cheaper than buying alcohol at a bar. And I think that's why they pre-gamed, right? Because she's already drunk mm-hmm. by the time they get to the Which is probably why she's bar. like... And we're only there for 30 minutes. Yeah. yeah. This is... I can't, I can't imagine getting to the bar at 1.46 a.m. No. I would already be asleep <laughs> in my bed. I'd be like a couple hours from yeah. getting up. Yeah. We know that during the short time that they're there, um, Lauren takes her shoes off, sits her cell phone down, and leaves without both of those items. So she leaves oh. barefoot. And she leaves without her cell phone, which, Allison, you teach seniors. Mm-hmm. And I just teach seventh grade. And, like, 
those things are attached to these little people. Yeah, they are. And, like, I can't, like, I think that just points to how drunk she was that she would just leave her cell phone there. Yeah, I completely agree. Because, okay, if you took your shoes, even that, I don't see how, that I'm not a drinker. So I, I can't or like imagine maybe getting so drunk that you're like step out onto the concrete sidewalk outside and you don't realize, oh my gosh, I don't have shoes on. Well, they said originally she took her shoes off because I think there was like a, because some bars, I think there's one even close to us, have like a sand pit where they play volleyball. Oh, okay. And so I think she took her shoes off there and then just didn't remember or, to put them back or on. Or maybe she forgot where they were. Yeah, which I would do that, you know, sober. Yeah. We forget everything. Yeah, I forget everything. Yeah, but cell phone, unless her cell phone was with her shoes, and then she's like, I don't even know where I put them down. Or like, I just want to go home. I don't even care. Could be. Lauren and Corey leave the bar around like 2.26 a.m. They leave the bar and walk about a block away to her apartment in the Smallwood Plaza Apartments. So they only go a block. It's not bad. Yeah. Corey somehow with Lauren stumbles up the steps to her apartment complex and they make it to the elevator and make it to the fifth floor. But when they get off the elevator in both an article that I read and on the 2020 documentary, Mm -hmm. though the, I guess, accounts or versions vary slightly. Okay. They are met by four men all IU students. Okay, well, that's typical because I imagine right. if this apartment complex is super close to this bar that's yeah, downtown kids are coming and, and that's going. near campus, like especially older students mm-hmm. at the college or university yeah. would get an apartment. Yeah. So, yeah. and they'd be coming yeah. and going, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So, the article that I read that was on grunge.com stated that they were, quote, reportedly confronted by a group of young men sometime between 2.30 and 2.42. So, according to Corey, he says he was attacked by one of the men who struck him in the face and in the head. And according to that article, the blow he received to the head paired with his intoxication level would later make it difficult for him to recall events that happened that night. Hmm. And Lauren isn't here to give her account of anything. Right. So really, it's just his account. So whatever he wanted to say could potentially be what we would know to be true because we only have his account. I do think... That were able to say that there were four people there. The 2020 report is just a little bit different. I mean, it's not like hugely different. But the private investigator that has been working on Lauren's case and was like hired by her family Mm -hmm. said the two were approached by a group of boys because they didn't like how Corey was handling Lauren. Mm -hmm. And in this report, Corey supposedly like said something smart to one of the guys and the guy punches him. And then Lauren and Corey, like, leave quickly. I mean, first of all, we know she's so drunk that she leaves or forgets where her shoes and cell phone are. Mm-hmm. So, it that yeah. could be. And he's really drunk, too. Right. So, I mean. He might not. He might not have been in the right state to be taking care of someone who right. was also as equally drunk right. as him. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's now around 3 o'clock in the morning. Surveillance cameras recorded Lauren and Corey leaving her apartment building and walking down a deserted alley toward Corey's apartment, which was just about, like, the, like a few blocks away, three-ish blocks away. So maybe they're thinking, like, these guys could come back. They know which floor I live on. Let's go to a different location. I don't. Because I feel like I'd feel safe behind my own closed door. That's part of this story that doesn't make sense to me is why she would be at her apartment and then leave. leave. Because if, like, they're already on the fifth floor and Corey gets knocked out, like, I feel like she would just be like, well, go back to your apartment. I'm going back to mine. And just go to her apartment. I don't know why. Unless they had other plans that night. Or if he, and I don't know what theories you're going to talk about. Corey could be a great guy. Or, but, he might not be. He'll tell me in a minute. But if he said something like, you know, if he got punched in the face and he was like, will you walk with me just to make sure they don't Oh, come yeah, back? that's true. You I know what I mean? Yeah. And then maybe she's like, yeah, sure, you're my friend. You know, yeah. And then oh. walks with him. That, I hadn't thought of that. Allison, I want your honest thoughts on like this next oh, no. bit of information. Okay? You know, I'll give it to you. And I actually, and I talk about this, like I wanted to show you this bit of video footage that I'm going to talk about. But it's not on the internet anywhere. Oh. And I'll talk about that more in a little bit too. Okay. <laughs> but as they're walking down this deserted alley, and um, we know that obviously because the surveillance footage, we see, or supposedly, it is said by police that Lauren fell down twice in this alleyway because she was so intoxicated. Okay. Corey picks her up and fireman carries her, like in the loca towards like the like location of his, his apartment. Shoulder, yeah, like carrying her. Yeah. So, is it creepy, like kind of weird, or is it heroic? Because to me, the most sense if you're closest to her apartment, and she's so drunk she yeah. can't walk, would be just to take her back to the yeah. apartment. Yeah. Like those guys are probably already gone by now. Right. They're not just going to be weird and hang out right. by the elevator. And like you said, though, he could be so drunk that he doesn't even, he's not even thinking right. right. Is she still barefoot? Uh-huh. Makes no sense. Why, if she was right by her apartment, why wouldn't she grab some shoes? That's what I would say. Let me grab some shoes. Then we'll go. Yeah, then we can keep on going. Yeah, I'm, I don't like that. She was tiny, like around 100 pounds. So, like, it wouldn't have been right. difficult for, like, an athletic man to carry her a couple blocks to the apartment. It's just yeah. the distance thing doesn't make sense. And but I should guess, have taken her back. Right. And her parents said in a lot of things that I read, like, she obviously made mistakes that night. Mm -hmm. Most college kids do when yeah. they're in college. Yeah. But... There were bigger mistakes that were made, and just because she made mistakes Doesn't does mean not she mean she deserved to, yeah, to disappear. Yeah, I completely agree. I think this is an extremely important question, considering what I'm about to tell you next. So when okay. the two arrive at Corey's apartment, right? So we've said, why take her to Corey's apartment right. if her apartment is right there? Right. 
Corey gets super sick, vomits on like the carpet, and his roommate is like, you need to go to bed. And so Corey like vomits and goes to bed. And leaves Lauren yeah. there. Yeah. Gets yeah. her to his apartment and then and goes then to bed. Like, okay, I'm, I'm going to sleep I have now. to go to bed. Bye. Yeah. So his roommate is nice enough to actually walk Lauren next door to Jay. So her long-term okay. friend's okay. townhouse. They were neighbors. Okay, remember? that's good. So he walks her over to Jay's apartment. So she's come full circle, right? She started at Jay's apartment. Mm-hmm. And now it's like several it's hours later Jay's. and she's back at Jay's apartment. Okay. Jay sees that she's wasted, right? She's in a horrible condition, and he begs her, like, please just sleep on my couch. I will take you home in the morning. Like, just stay with me. You don't need to be walking right now. Like, you just need to sleep. All true. Yeah. Like, just sleep it off. I'll take you home in the morning. But she wants to go home, and, like, I can't blame her. I always want to just go to my own bed. So he walks her to the door and watches her. Until she gets out of sight. So he watches her make it to like the intersection of 11th Street. And we're now around like 4.30 in the morning. I bet he. I know. It's really sad. So upset. That he didn't walk with her. Yeah. Or just make her stay somehow. Yeah. And this is the last time that we see her alive. It's when she's at that corner of 11th Street. So you know that. Um. She has a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And where was he this whole night? Okay. Well, (laughs) that's different because I read two different accounts of that. So 2020, which I'm going to believe 2020 Mm -hmm. over Mm -hmm. anything else that I'm going to read, says that he was at home. Another article I read said that he wasn't even, he was at his apartment. Mm -hmm. Another article said that he wasn't in Bloomington at the time that she went missing. Oh, where I'm going to go with 2020. Yeah. But, like, they've been dating since high school. hmm He wasn't with her the night she went missing. He actually finds out she's missing. And this is, again, according to 2020. Because he texts her and the bartender texts back, hey, this phone was left at the bar. Uh-huh. Like, somebody can come get it tomorrow or whatever. Yeah. And so, that's how she's reported missing is because he texts and the bartender texts back. Oh. So, at this point, he's like, why the heck isn't she answering her phone? And then he finds out she doesn't even have her phone. Yeah. But that's still a big jump because I would probably be like, oh, she must have, like, yeah. dropped it or lost it or yeah, and something. Yeah. Her parents, know, like, are made aware of her disappearance very, very early on. It's not like they found out, like, several hours into the next day. They're there on campus the next day. Oh. Like, they got there mm-hmm. very quickly. They're mm-hmm. there that morning to help look for Lauren. They said, and this is, again, mm-hmm. kind of weird, that Jesse helped for two days then his mom came and got him, and they left. And this oh. is people that she's they've known. been dating for. Yeah. Like, Lauren should basically be her daughter if they've been dating since they've been in high school. Okay. So, I know you're going to tell me details. I originally suspected Corey. And I'm not going to say I don't still suspect him a little bit. But then, right at the end, I was like, wait, where has her boyfriend been this whole time? And the fact that 
just because he calls and a bartender says this phone was left here, I would not jump from that to, oh my gosh. She's missing. She's missing. Yeah. We need to call the police and file a missing persons report. Also, why are you up at 4.30 in the morning? Instead, I would call my friends and say, hey, have you seen Lauren tonight? And maybe he did and I just wasn't included in there. But then he, but, but if if Jay, who he also knows, mm-hmm. just saw her at like four thirty, walk to the end of Eleventh Street, then you know when you're calling and the bartender answers right after that, you wouldn't be like, "Oh my gosh!" In that five minutes, mm-hmm. she's gone. Right. I think that's a little. It's a big jump. It's a little in my head. suspicious. Yes. It's a little sus. It is. Um. So immediately, her parents suspect foul play. Like. They aren't, they don't see her just, like, leaving, leaving. on her own yeah. accord. Okay. We have three boys, really, that we've met so far, right? Jesse, mm-hmm. the boyfriend, yep. Corey, the drunk friend, and Jay, the friend that offers his couch. Okay. And they are all quickly named persons of interest because why wouldn't oh, they be? Jay's the last person who right. saw her. Corey spent the most time with her. Yep. Jesse could be the jealous right. boyfriend. Okay. Jesse wasn't with Lauren the night that she went drinking and partying with another guy. So mm-hmm. could jealousy have caused him to harm Lauren? Mm-hmm. Corey was punched in the face for the way he was handling right. her when she was intoxicated. Could he mm-hmm. have gotten mad when she like potentially turned down like a possible sexual pursuit? Mm-hmm. Jay was the last person to see Lauren alive. Yep. Could he know more than what he's saying? So like right. all Nobody sees her after that. Right. All valid reasons why they would be named persons of interest. I agree. Police have been very, very tight-lipped about Lauren's case, even with her family. Like, it kind of reminded me of Valerie's family Mm -hmm. a little. Like They're just so desperate for answers, and they're getting nothing. Yeah, and it's very heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. Like, to watch her mom and her dad, it is so sad to watch them basically beg the private investigator and the people through 2020 to help them get answers on their daughter's case. It's very, very sad. Mm -hmm. The parents obviously are frustrated. They Mm -hmm. set up a website for tips called findlauren.com. That is still an active website. You can go there, submit tips. Like there's a bunch of things on there. You can donate money to help like fund search, you know, searches Mm -hmm. or whatever they're Mm -hmm. doing at the case that time at that time. And many of the tips that we're going to kind of talk about today came from leads through findlauren.com. Oh, because the police aren't saying anything. Is that why no video? Yeah. Because the police have it. So the police have released, and I'll probably repeat this, but the police have released only two photographs of Lauren. They've released that she was in black pants and a white t-shirt. So we Mm -hmm. see what she looks like that day. She's in like leggings Mm -hmm. and a t-shirt and a white truck, which comes into play here in a little bit. But they've released, I mean, we have so much video footage of her. They've released no other pictures they released none of the video footage. And, like, they've actually received a lot of criticism from other police departments mm-hmm. because they're like, hey, we released all the video footage right. we had of, of this yeah. person. Yeah. And we caught their killer within hours, yeah. days. Yeah. Why aren't you doing this? And they, like, refuse to See, be interviewed. It's insane. Yeah. It's like, you're right. Valerie's case, Lauren's case. Cases like that when 
like there are other cases that we've covered, like you said, where police keep some details Mm -hmm. close to the vest where they're like, you know what? We have to know who the perpetrator really is. And only the perpetrator would know this. Mm -hmm. Right. But details of what happened leading up to the crime and the crime itself other than you know those couple of things that you want to keep to yourself i feel like we should know those things and i think like we already know so much about the hours leading up to the last Mm -hmm. time she's seen Mm -hmm. so why not okay let's say that i'm standing outside look okay i'm looking out my apartment window at four o'clock in the morning and i see a drunk girl stumbling on the sidewalk and a car pull up and stop. I completely forget that I even see that or think nothing of it. Maybe that's mm-hmm. just her friend. Mm-hmm. Until I realize she's missing and, oh, my, that's the girl I saw. Right. Right? And, like, that could jog so mm-hmm. many memories. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't understand. I could be standing outside Kilroy's and subconsciously notice something but not yeah. think anything of it until I see the video footage. And I'm like, holy crap, I'm in the background of that video footage. Like, right. I, I was saw right this. There. Yeah. Like, yeah, it doesn't make you're sense. right. It's crazy to me, but, and like, they try to interview them on 2020. He, the, like the chief of police when 2020 came out with this episode, like, so rude, like basically just turns around and is like, this is still an open investigation. I'm not speaking on this. And he's like, well, I just want to talk to you just for a few minutes. Like Lauren's family wants an update. I just got off the phone with Lauren's mother giving her an update she's very pleased with like what i've given her and like yeah just like turns around and goes back inside yeah so police do conduct a nine-day search for lauren hundreds of people volunteer like horseback like everything they're looking in um rivers ravines rock quarries wooded areas any place where you could hide somebody or something yes so, like I said, most of what we're talking about, the tips that have led to these theories, came from findlauren.com. Mm-hmm. And I know that you love theories, and I we're do. discussing a ton I, today. I'm ready. There are, like, I think eight. Let's do it. Okay. And so most of these, like, I will tell you, like, this has been discredited. Okay. But I still want to talk about it mm-hmm. because just because it's been discredited. Doesn't mean there can't be a partial truth. Right. Exactly. Yeah. All righty then. Okay. So theory one obviously is Jesse Wolf, the boyfriend. Got it. Like, yes. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't present at the time that she went missing. In fact, he left town only days after his long term girlfriend went missing. Which reminds me of Virginia Douglas's husband. Oh, yeah. Just Mm -hmm. left after she Mm -hmm. disappeared for two days. Yeah. Because she was yeah, disappeared well, out of the grocery. Back home. Yeah, and then was like, we didn't pack any, like, yeah, it was underwear. Just, yeah, it was just so weird. Her case was weird. It was weird. Yeah, it's the same kind of thing, though. Who does that? It has been suggested that he had something to do with her disappearance. People have suggested that maybe in a jealous kind of fit, he paid that group of boys to beat up mm. Corey. On the fifth floor of her Mm -hmm. apartment building. Mm -hmm. It's also been suggested that perhaps Lauren spending all day with another guy made him jealous enough to want to maybe hurt Corey 
and or Lauren and maybe like he abducted her. Maybe he abducted her, abducted her himself just to like to kind of scare her um, with no intent to harm her. But mm-hmm. something like kind of went wrong. You know, it could be a plethora of things, I think, right. with him. Um, but there are more plausible theories oh, then, coming up okay. than Jesse. Okay. I'm still keeping him on the back burner. Yeah. And I think we should keep him on the back burner. USA Today reports um, Jesse has refused to take a polygraph test, which we know, like, that means nothing. That means nothing. Yeah. Um, but his parents have said that he passed a polygraph test administered by a third party. So, like, if he passed that, why would he not take the police one? Like, a third, par- a third, a third party. party. Yeah. A quote unquote. Yeah. Mm. Jesse's mother, Nadine, said that she and her husband are frustrated with the accusations made against her son, who was not even in Bloomington the morning of her disappearance. Per an article that I that article oh, that I right, read that in 2020 online. Twenty twenty said something different. But twenty twenty said that he watched some NBA games that night, fell asleep around two thirty. Um, apparently, according to USA Today, they report that Lauren and Jesse exchanged text messages into the like up into the hours prior to her vanishing. I feel like they would have been able to check his phone to see where those text messages were. That's true. And maybe that's just something they hadn't like Mm -hmm. released. He said that Lauren told him she was going home to go to sleep. And he responded by saying, if you wake up, call me. And then Jesse said that he went to bed. So he goes in the 2020 account to bed around like two 30. But in other reports, you know, we have that Jesse text was text back by the bartender. So maybe the bartender text came much later mm-hmm. than the text conversation mm-hmm. before. But that's that's the Jesse mm-hmm. theory. Okay. The second theory, which I think could play into several of these theories, is the idea of an overdose. Mm, and like an accidental. And then they're like, oh, my gosh, we've got to cover something yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like, I mean, even you could play that in with a Jesse yeah. theory. Like yeah. he picks her up. Right. And something happens and he's like, holy crap. Right. And like just panics. Mm -hmm. Like I think that could play into almost all of these theories. Nadine said, so Jesse's mom, claims that Lauren abused drugs to the point where she would black out. And as reported by USA Today, Jesse threatened to like tell Lauren's parents several times. But she was like, if you tell, like I'm breaking up with you, which to me sounds very immature, but... Mm -hmm. And I think kind of out of character for her, but maybe not. In several articles I read, it said, you know, IU was a drug haven. Kids with money used all kinds of drugs and partied because they had the means to. Right. In an article I read on Grudge, it quoted Talk Murder to me, and they reported that Lauren had been diagnosed with a rare heart condition, and her mom talks about that on the 2020 episode as well. Mm. Um, but she'd basically been, in, like, advised by doctors, like, she couldn't play sports when she was in high school after this drug condition, or not drug, heart condition um, was, like, diagnosed. And they had said, you know, like, excessive drinking, drug use could basically cause her heart to mm. stop working. So there are some that believe Lauren's death was accidental and that someone just disposed of her body because they were afraid they would be implicated for her death. Mm. And again, like, I think you could say that in a lot of these. Yeah. Okay, theory three 
is abduction because okay. we know that people are creepy and there are yep. people that cruise college campuses mm-hmm. looking for girls in the state that Lauren would have been right. in. And she's like a hundred pounds soaking wet. So and she's by herself. She's by herself. She's highly intoxicated. Right. She's the perfect victim for a creepy person mm-hmm. wanting to kidnap mm-hmm. someone. Mm-hmm. And as reported by Talk Murder to Me, this is the most likely theory that a lot of people kind of, that most people say she was abducted, obviously, in some way. Mm -hmm. There are various theories as to how that abduction may have happened. Okay. Daily Mail reports Lauren's parents refuted reports that she was a drug addict. They said there was no evidence she used drugs on the night that she vanished. No one's come forward really and said, like, she bought it for me. She bought it for me. We We shared ecstasy. You know, no one's. Well, that we know of. Police could know and they're just. And we wouldn't know. That's true. In the 2020 interview with her mom, she did admit that Lauren made mistakes that night. And, you know, there are lots of cases that we've talked about where people have made mistakes on both. Made poor decisions. Yeah, you made poor decisions. She was also like 20. Right. So, like I said, most 20-year-olds make stupid choices. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that... You're asking for something horrific to happen. Right. Just because you made a poor decision. Mm -hmm. Many of the allegations that were brought up by Jesse Wolf's mother, um, Lauren's parents believe that she's just saying those things to, like, protect her son. Mm. Which, Which would make me angry if that's true. Yeah. Yes. Okay, theory four is Corey, Mm -hmm. and we all kind of felt felt it from the beginning. We're not going to deny it. Yeah. Yeah. If you watch the 2020 episode covering Lauren's case, um, please, and it's I found it like in bits and pieces on ABC, but then like if you go to YouTube, the whole thing is there. It's like an hour or something, but it's good. But they try to speak to Corey. Because yeah. Corey isn't speaking to police. He doesn't ever want to be interviewed. He's like, you know, just tight-lipped about it. He literally, literally, he gets off the bus. They're there. And he's like, hi, I'm a 2020. And I would like to ask you a couple ca- questions about um, Lauren's case. And he, like, turns the opposite way and is walking. And the cameraman's, like, running to catch up with him. And they're like... I just wanted to discuss with you, um, like, some of these, yeah. like, I don't even remember the time. Yeah. And he, like, goes behind this gate and shuts it. And he's like, if you come on, onto my property, you will be sued. And that's all he well. says. Yeah. So he refuses to speak to Lauren's family as well, which doesn't make sense to me. I don't know... I get if he if he's like, okay, you know what? When this first happens, I'm going to go to the police. I'm going to make my full statement. And then I'm just kind of want to be done. Yeah. If people want to keep accusing me of something that I didn't do, I don't want to have anything to do with them. Right. But if he hasn't made any statement at all, and this is supposed to be. Well, I'm sure he has because he was a. I'm sure he's had to talk to police because he was named a person of interest. But like, you know, we talked about in the one case that the husband like left town and people were like. Oh, that's a sign that oh, he yeah. killed mm-hmm. her. Uh-huh. But like, really, that was in Karen Swift, yeah. and yeah, but all the rumors and yeah. everything—you you would just almost have away. to. You would just want to mm-hmm. get away. And I think maybe that could be the case with Corey. But why would you not 
try to give the parents some something. type of cl- something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't even necessarily have to be closure because how mm-hmm. could you? Mm-hmm. But if you're the last person to see their daughter or you spent the most time with their daughter that day, the day that she disappeared and yeah. they've not seen her since, yeah. why would you not want to comfort them in any way that you could? Right. His lawyer claims that the punch he received to the face caused him to suffer temporary memory loss and that he cannot answer. medically possible? Yeah. I guess like maybe a concussion. Maybe. And he cannot answer many of their questions because he just simply does not remember. But what an easy like scapegoat. Then he shouldn't have fallen asleep. His roommate gave him bad advice when he yeah, got back. If he had if a, you concussion, have a concussion, you do not do that. But like... What a great scapegoat. Like, oh, I was hit, so, like, I don't remember anything. Mm -hmm. So, like, even if I took this polygraph test, like, I'm not even going to remember, like, if I can answer all these questions. Or, like, I can't give a very clear statement because I don't remember, Mm -hmm. you know. And I know our brains can do that right? when you suffer trauma, but Mm -hmm. I just think this is very coincidental. Mm -hmm. sounds like Mm self-preservation. So, sadly, Lauren was part of, um, and, like, they also talk about this on the 2020. She was part of the broader drug scene. Mm -hmm. So, I do think that perhaps he knows more than what he's letting on. Like, maybe he overheard her saying she was going somewhere later. Like, I think there could be more that he could tell police. Maybe he knew because she was in this party scene that she was going to her drug dealer to get, oh. like, weed or whatever. And then you like, don't want to rat that person because out. Because then, yeah, you don't want to say that you know that she's going to her drug dealer because you don't want your parents to know that you're right. doing drugs. Yeah. I just think there is just mm. a lot of... There could be more details Yeah, there. yeah. All right, so Theory 5 is a brand new person. Someone okay. we have not heard before, and we are just going to say first names because... Okay. He has passed polygraph tests and has, I guess, officially been cleared of involvement in Warren's case, but I still want to Mention mention him. Okay. So, James was released from prison on parole for assaulting his wife around the time Lauren went missing, and he had the habit of cruising the streets in the wee morning hours. Okay, so assault and would be out at that time. Correct. During the investigation, a white truck was seen circling the block, so that's the white truck that police have released the picture of. Okay. And we know that James had a truck that was white and similar to the one mm-hmm. that was I released feel like there in there are a pictures. lot of white trucks. Uh, I feel like that's so generic. Yeah. Shockingly, in the 2020 episode, the PI said that a female friend of James reached out and said that James needed to be looked into. So that's kind of how he mm-hmm. gets on police radar. Okay. So she said he made comments like, you know, what happened to Lauren could happen to you. Like kind of threatening comments. She even went as far as to say that he killed Lauren and buried her on the family farm in southern Indiana. Well, that's something they could check. Um, yeah, and I think most of these the private investigator has... Explored. Yes. I did find it interesting in my research, you know, that James and the white truck theory are, like, almost immediately dismissed by... James and the giant peach. James James and and the the white white truck. truck. (laughs) Yeah. Um, they, that theory is almost immediately dismissed by police. Okay. Um, but the private investigator that Lauren's family hired felt the need to dig deeper. And they actually reached out to James to see if he would be willing to take a polygraph test. Because 
I don't think or I did not read anywhere that the police gave him any type of polygraph test. Okay. And he's like, sure, I will take a polygraph test. Okay. I know we don't really, like, give right. much credence but to I those. But I like the willingness but, to at least take one. Right. It kind of points to your innocence. and Because what do you have to hide would be my... But yet, I don't know if I would take right. a polygraph. Right. Same, I, same. Because I'd be like, what if I'm so nervous that, that it... Yeah, yeah, that it goes off. Mm-hmm. But we get those kind of questions answered very quickly if you watch the 2020 show. So, at the time this aired... Um, James is in prison yet again for assaulting his wife. No. So, or ex-wife, I guess. Yeah. Um, and he said to the man conducting the polygraph that he just wanted to clear his name once and for all. He was tired of people saying he was involved with Lauren. He didn't even know who she was. Mm-hmm. Like, had no idea, like, anything about this case. Like, I just want people to quit accusing me of mm-hmm. this. Give me this polygraph mm-hmm. test. Um, and he did exactly that. He cleared his name through the polygraph test. Oh, okay. He answered every question there wasn't a single question that they asked that was inconclusive yeah that he passed all the like was told the truth on all the questions Mm -hmm. theory six is a little bit scary um so it has to do with a gang okay so gang involvement and this tip came in and it led to a me- a former member of this very violent group. Yeah. So there's like pictures of this group doing lots of scary things. <gasps> like, did you Google it? Yeah, it's creepy. Okay, like, so listeners, don't Google it. That's I don't even know. The- I don't even know if I should say it. Okay, let's not say the name. Okay, it's a dangerous, violent game. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but we are led to a specific person. And actually, I think we can say this because it was on 2020. Okay. This person's name? And he's been cleared. Okay. So, okay. So I don't, like, it gave his real name, but he, um, goes by the name of Bodine. That's his, like, gang name. Okay. And, like, he had the reputation of being, like, the enforcer. So if somebody owed them money or, like. They went to Bodine. Yeah. And you don't, I don't think you wanted to go to Bodine. No. 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 From what I can gather, investigators were able to get, like, online messages that indicated, if I'm saying this correctly, that somehow Lauren was involved with Bodine. Like, owed him money for drugs, perhaps, and, like, had threatened, she had threatened to call the police on him. Oh. And because she couldn't pay it was rumored that he shot her and buried her on um, his family's farm. What is it with these people's farms? I, don't, it, I mean, I guess there's lots of farms in, in Indiana, Indiana. Yeah. But still. Yeah. Well, he, 2020, reached out to him as well. And he actually was, it seemed initially he was going to be very cooperative. He okay. had agreed to the interview mm-hmm. um, when he found out that there were cameras present, though, that's when he's like, you're not interviewing me with cameras. And, like, covers, like, keeps his hand kind of like Well, if he's an ex-gang member, then maybe he doesn't. for his own safety. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, apparently, he called police and told them that if 2020 came back onto his property, he was going to shoot them. Oh. But we think that Bodine was, name was dropped into the Lauren thing because... Mm -hmm. 
a lot of the times I think users want to get back at their suppliers oh, and mm-hmm. that they just kind of named him in the hopes that he would get mm-hmm. in trouble with police mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he, I mean, like they knew what he did, but he never really had like specific police involvement. Okay. So this theory has been discredited. 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 Theory seven is Mars Hill. And this is a area of Indianapolis that is like very affected by drugs. Okay. So a woman named Jennifer was interviewed on 2020 and she said that Lauren had been beaten and murdered in a house in Mars Hill. And she even like goes to the house and she's like, everything about Lauren's case revolves around this house. Like this is where it all ended for her. So is this somebody who we know knew Lauren? So I think the only way that she would have known Lauren is if she had been if they were both buying from the same person who was in the house. Because this, she could have, first of all, had Lauren confused with any other right. girl. And the private investigator, we've discredited this theory as well, oh, okay. says that, you know, she was a meth user from the time she was 16. Mm. She's so not she could have been hallucinating, like, right, whatever. Right. She's not using it now, which is great. Right. Oh, yeah. But using it could alter your sense oh, of reality obviously yeah, even if you've used drugs years and years and years ago it could still alter your right. brain chemistry and, and and things like that and that's why he discredited this one okay kind of similar to the bodine mm-hmm. because you know it just there was no plausible like really there was mm-hmm. nothing they like really grounded in mm-hmm. i guess theory eight is yet another new person that we have not met oh and okay. they are also named Corey. Corey Hammersley, and we are going to call him Hammersley since we have another Corey in the story. Like Hammer Time? Yeah, like it's Hammer Time. He was a star athlete at IU, um, but fell into that drug ring, and it really altered his life. Mm. One year after Lauren's disappearance, he actually had, like, this drug-induced meltdown (laughs) outside of his residence where he, like, was in the street, but naked with only a baseball cap on and fired like 20 rounds <gasps> into, his, into a house because he was like so out of it. Oh, my God. Yeah. And he ar- was arrested and received a sentence of 24 years oh for that. Oh, my gosh. So he is now in a state prison. Okay. An inmate said that the two were playing cards. So the inmate and Hammersley. Mm-hmm. And Lauren's picture pops up on TV. And Hammersley says, I know that girl i know what happened to that girl so the inmate's like i'm telling on you and he says that hammersley goes on to say that he and lauren were doing ecstasy that night and lauren od'd which we know could be possible Uh because Uh well first off anybody could od but her heart condition makes it even Even more He said that he got scared. He didn't know what to do, so he dumped her body in the Ohio River. I mean, which, again, seems like it could be an honest response. Yeah, but when he was interviewed by the private investigator, he, and they show this on the 2020 thing, it's like, it's crazy to me that he's like, I don't know her. I don't know anything about her. I've never known her. And they're like, um, well, if something came forward and like, you know, you heard something in the prison or like you remembered something, would you let us know? And he's like, I wouldn't tell you anything. Yep. Well. So a mere two minute walk 
from where Lauren was last seen alive was a drug hotspot, like an apartment where many kids would frequent to get their drugs. Um, the private investigator knows the names of the people that were there, and he is interviewing all of them, mm-hmm. and he hopes that this finally gives him enough to close Lauren's case. Mm-hmm. But those are the theories. I feel that there are many players in this case who didn't live up to the actions that I would expect of them. Like, I feel like, and I don't think in my heart, I don't feel like Jay is guilty, but he should have walked her home. I don't know about Jesse, but it, seems weird that he didn't have a better understanding of where she was that night with Corey number one mm-hmm. not hammer time mm-hmm. Corey number one i he shouldn't have like walked back to her apartment and then made her come to his apartment and then just fallen asleep to make her walk back yeah by again, herself yeah. but for some reason even though you went through all those theories the one that's getting me because in my gut, I trust Jay seeing her walk to the end is that thing that you said that very last like couple of sentences about this drug hangout. Because if she was part of that drug scene, she probably would have known the people there. Mm-hmm. She could have been going to get more. Mm-hmm. And then she could have OD'd, say, there. Or maybe she realizes she... Maybe it's in between her apartment and Corey's apartment. And she's like, I can't get home, but I know the people that live here. So I'm going to go here. And with that heart condition plus the alcohol, I think it's very likely that she OD'd and that people know. They're just not saying anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I think, too. Mm -hmm. To my 90s babies, Lauren was one of us through and through. I was brought to tears when I saw a video of little Lauren singing the I Love You song from Barney because that was me as a kid. And Lauren was all of us, really. What happened to her could have easily happened to one of my friends or even me, a trusting girl who was in the wrong place at the wrong time. The following that I'm going to read you came from findlauren.com and was written by Lauren's mom. If you're reading this, you have most likely been introduced to Lauren, whether you watched a show, listened to a podcast, read a blog, saw something on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, you may know her story. I never expected to see October without Lauren. I never expected to feel the change of seasons. When the initial searches began, someone said searches for Lauren would be easier once the leaves fell and the fields of summer crops had been cleared. Once hunting season begins, virtually another source of searchers would come into play. I guess you've known all along we would still be searching for Lauren on this fall day. It's inconceivable that I wrote those words in October 2011. We are still no closer. We are still without answers. We are still searching. Now almost 10 years later. How soon will it be 20 years? The time ebbs and flows with no notice of a family who's lost someone. It seems like only yesterday someone offered Rob a pair of pants, noticing his legs ripped to shreds from searching deep in the forests of Indiana. It seems like only yesterday Rebecca received the call, telling her that her sister was missing. It seems like only yesterday I honestly thought I could ask for help from people who knew what happened to Lauren and they would be willing to come to our aid, but I was wrong. They never came. If you're reading this, you have most likely been introduced to Lauren. 
I end as I began on June 3rd, 2011. If anyone has any information about the disappearance of our daughter, please contact us. We continue to search for answers. As always, hoping today is the day. Again, please like and join us on our Facebook page, Coffee and Cases Podcast, to continue the conversation and to see images related to this episode. As always, follow us on Instagram at Coffee Cases Podcast and on TikTok at Coffee and Cases Podcast. Or you can always email us suggestions to coffeeandcasespodcast at gmail.com. Please tell your friends about our podcast so that more people can be reached to possibly help bring some closure to these families. Don't forget to rate our show and leave us a comment as well. We hope to hear from you soon. Stay together. Stay safe. We'll We'll see see you you next week. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.